Ryan Tannehill will not be the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans in 2023. You heard it here first. To find out why and to talk all things Titans, stay tuned. we got a great show for you tonight. Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. The sickest Tennessee Titans podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sick Podcast Talking Titans. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Jared and Van. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Could be better, could be worse. Still crying myself to sleep at night over the loss of uh, Robert Woods, you know? Yeah, it's a tough one to swallow. You know, I don't know what we're going to do without those 450 yards next year. Uh, hope him the best. Jarrett, you're looking young as ever. Look like he just, just got out of uh, senior prom. Absolutely <laughs> incredible how you're turning back those clocks. I wish that's I could it. turn clocks back like that. I'm getting um, older. I'm looking younger. That's how that's it is. It. That's how that's the American dream right there. Um, but uh, let's jump right into it, fellas. Um, let's start off with some some latest news that has broken since our last show. Um, some of us might've saw it coming. I in particular, in particularly, um, did believe it was coming and it appears to some in, in the NFL analyst, uh, media gallery that brought or Bud Dupree is going to be released from the Titans in the very, very near future. Um, Vin, what are your thoughts on that? Are you happy, upset, uh, neutral? What do you think? Um, you know, you, not to say I'm happy because I have nothing against him and he is a great player. He is a difference maker when he's on the field. You know, the greatest ability is availability. In the last two years, he hasn't been as available as we would have liked him to be. Um, that's hard to blame on him. Football is a rough sport, let alone when you're in the NFL. It's hard to stay healthy. Um, but we can't afford to pay him what he is owed for what he is giving us on the field or when he is on the field, he is producing, but he's not on the field very often. So it is what it is. I think uh, when we structured this deal, we structured it so we could get out of it after the first two years, basically. And I think that's the most likely case. And we're going to save a lot of money. And I think Rand Carthon is going to have, you know, his pick of the litter and he's going to have a lot of money to spend and I'm looking forward to it. So thankful for what he did, but, Time to move on. Mm, absolutely, Jarrett. Yeah, clearly a difference maker when he, when he was on the field. Uh, helped out, you know, Autry and, and um, Jeffrey Simmons a hell of a lot, especially with Harold Landry in there. It'll be definitely – it will definitely be different with him not being on the field to see who we're going to replace with him. I don't know. But uh, piggybacking off of that, I've seen a report today too on ESPN that we are linked to multiple free agents coming into next week. So, you know, things things are getting a little spicy for next week. Orlando Brown was linked to us. I don't know how true it would be, but do you guys see the Titans going after a franchise left tackle in free agency versus drafting a rookie left tackle? Uh, in my opinion, before you guys go for your opinions, I really do believe that they're going to do that in free agency. I don't know if it's going to be Orlando Brown because that's big money. you know. But, you know, Mike McGlinchey, I also said sliding MPF over to the left-hand side and Mike McGlinchey inserted to the right. Um, they also can grab one of these guards, you know, Ben Powers from uh, Baltimore. 
you know, or even re-sign Nate Davis, you know, one of our guys. And also the 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 uh, offensive line is very deep in this draft, so we can definitely pick who I think we're going to pick at eleven, and then grab an offensive guard in the second round. But I do believe that we're going to go with Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba, with the eleventh pick. What do you guys think is going to happen in free agency with the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, you look at the history books, it would tell you, let's do something different because the draft ain't fucking working. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a far-fetched to think that we're going to try to attack this in free agency. Um, it certainly is a lower risk to go that way, but it's going to cost more money, obviously, and there's plenty of players that are still waiting to get their money. So, yeah. um, you know, it's going to – just like everything else with this offseason, it's got to start with the first domino – in order to figure out which one's going to fall next. So um, I personally would definitely take Orlando Brown. Um, side note, wasn't that also the guy from Disney Channel that's like fucking half a lunatic from uh, that, no, that? You know, you guys are a little bit older than me. You probably never watched Disney Channel. But anyway, um, besides the case. So uh, he was, he was, he's one of the, the guys from, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He's like a crackhead now. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I definitely would rather attack it through the draft, or I'm sorry, through free agency to, to get guys that are already proven. Um, but we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to see what Rand's first move is. I mean, basically the whole fucking offensive line now has to be replaced with maybe the exception of like right guard. I don't know. We'll see what if Nate Davis sticks around, but uh, we'll see. Ben? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be all that surprised either. I don't think maybe they're going to want to spend the money that Orlando Brown would command. I think your boy out of San Fran, Jared McGlinchey, would be a much more uh, financially sound decision because uh, you're going to have to pay him, but not the money you would have to pay Orlando Brown. I wouldn't be mad at the move at all because, like Sal said, although we are drafting with a new GM this year, it's been kind of a uh, hit or miss type deal when we're drafting on the offensive line the last few years. So we'll see. Uh, if it was up to me, I would sign someone that is proven as opposed to going with a you know, rookie left tackle combined with a second-year right tackle. I think a veteran could prove worthy on this offensive line to mentor the guys they're going to have to bring in via free agency or the draft. I think an experienced left tackle – um, would be, you know, a sound decision. That being said, I still think we go uh, tackle in the draft. I think uh, they're raving about Paris Johnson a lot and his numbers and whatnot. There's also a tackle. I don't know where he's going to go from the University of Michigan. Um, forget his name. It's uh, a little hard to pronounce, but supposedly he was amazing at the senior bowl, <clears throat> had numbers at the combine. I Unsure of his name, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they went after someone like him maybe a little later in the in the second round if he's there, if they went receiver in the first round. But my gut feel is that we still go offensive line in the uh, in the draft. If we, if we stay there at 11, which I am going to pose a question uh, a little later on, but that's what I think they're going to do. Just to go back on the McGlinchey thing, I have a quote for the Titan fans and our podcast fans out there that McGlinchey was at the um, the Combine uh, the past weekend, and he did say he believes he's going to have a fast deal and could be agreed upon by Monday after the meetings he had at the Combine. So we could have a sense of where we may go if we do sign him 
I mean, we can't sign him on Monday, but legally come to terms with him for Monday to agree upon for Wednesday. So we'll see what happens with that. So we're, we're just, you know, a couple of short days away from uh, Christmas morning for all of us next week. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. It'd be a great start to get a guy like that, uh, superior talent. And I mean, I've said this a million times. If this organization wants any any respect from their fans back as far as how they left things uh, at the end of last year, it's going to start by doing a complete 180 the offensive line. I mean, it, it, obviously the quarterback position is realistically, for the long term, the most important part of this whole situation. But um, this offensive line it, it is just so bad as it stood at the end of the year that um, all their focus should be on making sure that 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 is improved tremendously. So um, we'll see if the first step to that will, will happen early next week. Um, but Vin, why don't you uh, lead us into to your topic about those picks that you were bringing up earlier? So uh, just to uh, play devil's advocate, let's just say that we move up and we look to move up with the intentions of taking a new franchise quarterback. If we move up, what do you think it's going to cost us to move into the top five? And who do you think we target? Which quarterback, whether it's Young, uh, Stroud, um, the kid from Florida, Will Levi's, which is named Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think we go after should we decide to make that move up to go get our new potential franchise guy? Yeah, well, I saw some bullshit, and it is such bullshit. Um, Twitter, at an hour NFL ago. rumor page, right? It had 5,000 following and like 1,200 followers. Anyway, but it's saying that we're one of four teams that is balls in, all in on that number one pick, and that the cost would be uh, obviously a swap this year, first rounder 24 first rounder 25 and other stuff whatever that other stuff is will be will remain to be seen but um nevertheless if that's the price i think it's fair I think it's a fair price a swap and two first rounders um I, i'm just worried about bryce Young's size i i really am i'm really worried about it um you know they say somebody will, usually you put 10 pounds on an nfl locker room your first preseason your first uh training camp so if that's the case all right that'll help but he's a small dude man he's short and we've seen uh you know that's usually usually now there's some exceptions like russell wilson some at sometimes Kyler murray but you know the history books show that a smaller guy typically doesn't have the success as, as the bigger dudes do in the nfl that throw the football so um my my gut is telling me that shroud would be the number one option, but I'll tell you, you, you see Richardson in the in the fucking combine, and he he's he makes Malik look like a, a division or a junior varsity athlete. I mean, his his vertical. I mean, he's still he's got just as good of an arm. I mean, it's tough, man. It's that really tough for a guy like me to say it. It's really tough, and I would not be shocked. By any stretch of the imagination, if A, he goes number one to oh, whoever's picking number he's one. He's definitely going one, 100%. And, you know, if Carthon and Mike fall in love with the guy, I don't know. I mean, we got to find out first if the rumors are true that we're really knocking on the door. If that's the case, then nothing will surprise me. But my gut's saying go for Stroud. But, you know, my stomach and my eyes, 
what if that makes any sense, is looking at what Richardson has to offer and just drooling over it because he is he's built like a, a brick shit house and he's got the tools and the physique of all the major guys in the league right now. So that that that's what I what I think about the situation. Man. <clears throat> hypothetically or, speaking sorry, now, no, it's all good. Hypothetically speaking now, if we're if we are moving from eleven, the ideal trade partner I would think possibly would be uh, the Arizona Cardinals going up to three. Okay, Monty's over there now. He was with the Titans. There might there may be some marriage there. You know that they can come up with a deal. Um, and if that is the case, and Anthony Richardson goes one. Let's say then you have the uh, you have the Bryce Young and the CJ Stroud as uh, the pick of the litter, and I do think Stroud may fall to him, and uh, Stroud may fall to us if we do make that trade. So if I'm targeting somebody, I'm, I'm targeting CJ Stroud as well. I'm doing a swap this year. I'm okay um, with 2024 and 2025. I'm losing those picks and possibly a third rounder in there. No players. There's nothing else that involved with that. But um. No, yeah, I tend to agree. I think uh, C.J. Stroud is the smoothest passer yeah. in this draft, if that makes sense. It just looks very yeah. natural to him. Um, For a performance um, at the combine. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. I, I like him a lot. I think uh, Bryce Young is going to be a phenomenal quarterback if he could stay on the field. But like Sal said, I mean, when you're 5'10", you know, 180, 190 pounds, even if you put on 10 pounds, that's, that's not much. I mean, these – these linebackers are defensive line and they're running between two, 240 and 300 pounds. You know, I don't think an extra 10 pounds is going to really save Bryce Young. Plus, what makes Bryce Young Bryce Young is the ability to run around and scramble and, you know, throw the ball the way he does. And adding 10 pounds might, might take away from his natural game a little bit. So who even knows if that extra weight could help him? Uh, I love C.J. Stroud. I'd be all for it. I think uh, Will Levi's and Anthony Richardson are uh, gambles where it could be like a Josh Allen type thing where, you know, you're a physical freak. We know that, but you still have a lot of work to do mechanically as a quarterback. And, um, you know, there are risks. I think if we're going to make a move, it's going to be with more of a sure thing. And I think that sure thing is either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Personally, I don't think we're moving up, but as the closer we get to the draft, I said it to you guys this week. I, I'm on the CJ Stroud train. You know, I uh, you also got to think he's an Ohio State guy. Vrabel's an Ohio State guy. You know, he's probably got still deep connections there. His so best I, friend is the head coach. Yeah, if there's Not any, due, yeah, if there's any due diligence to be done at Ohio State, I think Vrabel has all the resources at his disposal to get all the due diligence he needs before they make a decision on what they want to do. So if we make that move, I hope it is for Stroud. Um, I'm glad all three of us are on the same page. That that doesn't happen often. Uh, Sal's uh, once Anthony Richardson, but you know we'll see on that. But I think uh, we can all can all can agree a best best pure quarterback I think is is Stroud in this draft. Now 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 if we're staying at eleven, and you guys say you you know we may go tackle. I I thoroughly 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 want Jackson Smith uh, Nanjingba. At 11, okay? But if we don't take that and we don't get a tackle in free agency and we definitely take a tackle, take a tackle at 11 between Darwin Jones, Peter Skoranek, um, Paris, um, Johnson. Paris Johnson, and Broderick Jones, out of those four guys, who is your target at 11? 
It's another thing where you feel like it's kind of, um, you know, pick your poison. To me, I like Paris Johnson. I liked, um, you know, the level of competition he played against in college. He is by far, I think, if you could build a prototypical left tackle, has all of the intangibles that you would like. But it's it's pick your poison. I mean, I like Skoranek a lot too. But if it was up to me, I think not only, uh, you know, is Stroud a – Ohio State guy, as is Paris Johnson. You know, it's not to say we're going to be biased towards that. I just feel like Rabel has all the, you know, um, tools as disposal to get all the due diligence done he needs everywhere, especially in the Ohio State realm. So I think if we stay at 11 and we take a tackle, Paris Johnson is the guy if he's there. But weird things happen in the draft. People fall in love with players last minute. He could go, you know, before us or one of the other guys could go before I, before us so yeah i mean I, so, so guys like darwin jones the guy's 6'8 374 pounds his wingspan is 87 and a half inches that's a large human 11 and a half 11 and 5 eighths hands and he's only allowed three sacks in college that's the right tackle for ohio state too and Broderick jones is the same thing left uh let up two tack uh sacks uh, in his career at georgia another six five you know lean 311 pound guy too i mean so there's a lot of Great yeah. size tackles in this draft. So if we do end up with one of them, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to double down on what uh, Vin said. Paris Johnson would also be my first choice. Loved his loved his uh, combine interview too. Uh, seems to be very, very, very passionate about the game, which is obviously priority number one. Something Isaiah Wilson did not have. Um, so that'll be my first choice. But one thing I want to bring bring up too, which nobody's coming to the realization is a possibility. We could take a quarterback at 11. Okay, listen, one of these guys, I mean, is it possible that five guys could go in the top 10? Yeah, it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. I, I don't think it's likely that five quarterbacks are getting picked in the top no. 10. I don't. Well, and like, like what Adam Rank said, you know, it could be the situation with Justin Fields where people thought he was going to go top five, top six, top seven, yep. and then he's available yep. at 10 and the Bears make their move. So yep. if it gets to, you know, eight, nine, and we feel like we need to jump Carolina to get our guy – I uh, don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Another thing I think could happen no one's talking about is because we have a new GM and he might want to have as much ammunition as possible, we might trade back and load up on some picks. You know, if if, if one of those quarterbacks is available and we don't want him, could then a team come try to look to get to 11 to get into our spot to get their guy and we can load up on some picks? I think with a new GM, that's a high possibility as well. But that's why I'm most excited this year is because, one, we're waiting for the first domino to fall, whether it's quarterback, tackle, and free agency. And then in the draft, I mean, it's it's a crapshoot. I think Titans fans, we could talk for days on what we think is going to happen, and that's because there's so many different things that make sense for us. So definitely looking forward to it, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be completely honest. I, I, I really don't want to trade back. Um, and the reason being is, is just, they gotta, they gotta really make a diff. They need a difference maker and one that seems to be almost a guaranteed difference maker. And it looks to be like, you're going to get a great shot of doing that at 11, no matter what position you tackle, no pun intended. Um, so, I mean, you know, now mind you, if, if the trade back is from 11 to like 15, okay, I can probably live with that. You know, if there's depending guy, on what's on the board, though, yeah, if there's a guy on the board that a team desperately wants and knows isn't going to make another four picks, and we swap and we get a second rounder for that, fine. But you know, if 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 somebody's offering 
from the real bottom. Like we're talking 20th. 20 to 25th or 32nd, obviously, or Chiefs, whoever. If we're talking like a, a a real big jump or a real big decline from where we are to where we're going in the first round, I don't want it because I just I, I don't want to roll another dice on this first round pick. Um, and I it's won't be good for Carthon. I mean, yeah, he's not a player, but they have brains too. They 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 have mental capacities too. I don't want this guy to to you know already start second guessing himself because he fucked up on the twenty fourth pick that he traded down to get to get more picks in the second and third round. So you know it, again, this all depends on where things shake up, where these top four guys go. I mean, I wouldn't even don't forget about this Tennessee kid either because he's he's only dropping because of his injury. He's a pretty good talent, and I think he still could potentially go in the first round. I mean, oh, that, I think, it's definitely going to go in the first round. Yeah, and so, he did say that he met with, I think, Tennessee at the combine. So yeah, I mean, yeah. so keep him in the loop. These oh. are five guys that are supposed to be top five, top first round talent. So you know, it, it's all going to depend on what is most important to Carthon, and 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 if we get this quarterback position opened before the draft. So we'll see how things shape up, but I, I don't want to trade back to the, the bottom half of this draft. There's just no way I want to do that. I want a difference maker that's going to be a difference maker day one. And I, I'm telling you, that difference maker is, is Jackson Smith because you got a guy that had 15 catches in the Rose Bowl for 374 yards, a Rose Bowl record, and set the record for Big Ten receiving yards in that same year in 1600. I mean, you want to he Rabel's been saying he wants speed, he wants difference makers on offense. You you pair that with Chig and uh Burks on that offense and possibly maybe a Dalton Schultz. We haven't even gotten into that yet at all with free agency. Yeah. You know, that that's a lethal that's a lethal offense right there. So and you go after the tackles like we said in free agency. But let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room. What went on this week, fellas? There was trade rumors with Derrick Henry uh, being on the trading block and that got chopped up. We saw some true colors by fans. I just, what, what is the opinion? Well, what is the opinion I, from you guys? I don't think you'd have to call me an elephant. I know I gained some weight, but that, uh. it's a little insensitive. Um, but uh, no, I think, um, sure. Is it a possibility? Absolutely. I mean, he's getting up there in age. I think when the season starts or during the season, he'll be turning 30 years old. Obviously a lot of tread on the tires the last few years. If you could get maybe a first or second round pick for multiple picks, I could see it happening. But at the end of the day, like Adam Rank said, I think he is the identity of this team. I cannot see Mike Vrabel signing off on trading Derrick Henry. We know the way he loves him. We've seen clips of him talking about him during games. They can't tackle Derrick. They can't tackle Derrick. Run left. Run the ball. I can't see it happening, especially – a year after we traded A.J. Brown, which we know was more John Robinson than Mike Vrabel. But to really piss off this franchise, if they want to do that, go ahead and trade Henry. And I think you're going to lose a lot of people um, in this fan base who they have just now gotten back. Because I'll tell you what, when I went to that Bengals game when Mariota was our quarterback, it was about 60 70% Bengals fans. And as the years have gone on, the better we've gotten. We've created more loyalty within our fan base. But I'll tell you what, a good way to lose it is to trade the best running back in the league who ran behind the worst offensive line and still ran for the second most yards, I think 1,500 yards. So uh, if you want to lose the fan base, go ahead and do it. If you want to make all three of us cry, go ahead and do it. I cannot see it happening unless there is an offer made that is to the point where not to – 
make fun of us being Italian, but an offer we can't refuse. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see that happening for a running back at the age of 29. And as great as he is, sometimes they fall off cliffs. So it would be, it would be unwise, I think, for a team to give up the house for him because of his age. And I also think it'd be unwise for us to trade him considering he is the identity of this team. And we know he wants to be here. We know he wants to win. So don't do it. Please don't do it. But if you want to piss off a lot of people, Titans brass, if you're listening, go ahead and do it. Yeah. So I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet because I don't want to go on a tangent because we do have a few other things to cover. But here, here's my stance on it. I, I, I personally believe um, first or second round pick, you do it. I'm explaining you why, right? Um, nobody needs to tell me what Derrick Henry brings. Okay. He's the best running back on the planet. Okay. You give him a hole, he's going to hit it. Sometimes even when you don't give him a hole, he's not going to hit it. Or he, even when you don't give him a hole, he's still going to hit it. Um, but here's the thing. I've said this a zillion times. This team, this offense needs a new identity. Since the inception of the Titans and in the inception of the Oilers, this team has been run first for forever. Okay. And in, in this league, the way you win Super Bowls now, obviously the run's great. You got to work on the run, you got to establish the run. But, you know, people are getting in the end zone through the air. It's just the way it is. And if that is the cost it's going to take for us to finally decide, you know what, let's try to become more of a throwing team then that's a pill I'll have to swallow with all the great time we've had with Derrick Henry in the past. Um, again, I, I, I prefer it not to be the case because I still think he's more valuable than you know what they're saying he could get in return. But if it's a first-rounder, absolutely don't even think about it. I don't think that's happening in a million years unless there's a team that's really in love with him that thinks he is the answer and he's the final piece of the puzzle. But if you get a first-round pick for Derrick Henry, I'm sorry, folks. You do it, and you don't even think twice about it. I mean, that that that's that's invaluable, a number one, a first-round pick. For a guy that's going to be 30 and, you know, whatever the case may be, I still would do it for a second-rounder. Um, but beyond that, absolutely no. And I love Derrick Henry. He's my man. I'm wearing his fucking sweatshirt. I got a million things signed. I'm, no one needs to tell me how great Derrick Henry is, and he's a legend in, in, the, in Nashville forever. Um, but... Uh, I, there's too many things we need to we correct. There's just too many things we need to improve on that if you're getting another high draft pick to possibly fill another one of those holes and in the process also changing an entire dynamic of an offense that hasn't been able to take the final step, then, you know, that that's an unfortunate dice you got to roll. So um, we'll see how it shapes up. Well, Again, well, I don't yeah, think not, anyone's going to... Not, not to cut you off, you also just said when we were talking about when I brought up trading back in the first round, you know, you said you don't want to do that because it's more of a risk. So if, if you're saying we could trade Henry for a first-round pick, and let's say it's between 20 and 30, well, that first-round pick is also going to be a risk as well, whereas you know what you're getting with Derrick Henry. Yes, you're getting I understand that. 14, 15, 1,600 yards a you're year. Right. You're going to trade him for pick 23, or if Buffalo wants to give us their pick at what, 26, 27? They ain't mm-hmm. never. Like, like these people I tweeted, they're never trading him to Miami, Buffalo, the Bengals. No, I don't think if they trade him, they would be stupid to do it within the AFC. But I'm just saying, to play devil's advocate with Sal, he said that it would be a risk for us to trade back and get, instead of getting a difference maker in the top, 11 if we're going to trade back to 20 something that's more of a risk mm-hmm. well it's also a risk to trade the best running back in franchise history for a late first round pick as well when you don't know what you're getting this guy hasn't drafted anybody on his own yet so 
you know. Yeah, but to counter that, though, dude, I mean, I, I, I got to say it. It's just the way it is. You know, he he's not going to be able to do it by himself. And this team forever has been dependent on him doing it all by himself. That's and I'm I sorry. Say. In my mind, as long as he's on the roster, he's going to demand the football 35 times a game. He's nah. going to demand it. And he has that power, honestly, in my mind. He's got that kind of brass on that sideline that as long as he's part of the team, the relationship he has at Rabel, the fact that he's a staple of this franchise, brought them out of the mud, he wants the ball 30-plus times a game. He's getting the ball 30-plus times a game. And yeah, I, but there, I, was, there, there was some uh, games that AJ went off and, and Derek had like 10, 12 carries last year. Not very, last year, the two years ago. often. That's why I that say this is a two thousand yard year. Of course, there, there, you might be talking about one or two games tops, but that's it. He had like five hundred carries that year. Let the man speak. Yeah. Go ahead, Jared. No, but that's why I'm saying we go after a tackle on free agency, and we have to get that other wide receiver to get um, to take the workload off of Derrick Henry. You still have the presence in the backfield, but you have two legitimate wide receivers now instead of just one and and a gimpy Robert Robert Woods, and then you got MPF and. And now you have Chigan, especially if you have to go off the tight end, or you have Austin Hooper. So that's why I think I, you still keep the king in Pat in uh, Nashville, and and you go after these first rounder, even for a first rounder. I'm keeping him. You ain't get a first I, I, rounder for a thirty a thirty year old running back. You're not doing it. I'm just at, saying. At just most, you're getting for... a third. You're getting a third round pick for him. Okay, third, yeah, I, I, absolutely I not. Then absolutely not. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But I, again, I'm going to say it. You want to talk about? And we're also forgetting the fact that there's another risk involved in this. He could get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, anybody, can been, get, anybody can I, get hurt, though. I understand that, but like the odds are slowly rising that oh, it could. Yeah. We 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 all know the myths about him are all mostly true. He he he's a superhuman being, okay. But at the end of the day, his he still has a heartbeat. He's, his blood is still red, and he, he's still a living, breathing human being. Eventually, it's going to get to a point, possibly, where he might his 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 legs might start. Being a little bit more brittle, he's got a lot of tread on the tire. Not much oh, tread on the tires. He's been ran a lot, of, a lot of times. So again, uh, and and I don't want to lose sight of my main focus of the reason why I would do it to force the team to stop being so dependent on the run. Okay, that's the main main part of it. it, it it's an added bonus that you'd be getting a pick to help fill a role of uh, another giant hole of, of the many that we have, but. You know, if yeah, if but I think the run game, I, I not to cut you off, is still a very important aspect of the game. I mean, look at the Chiefs who were still looking at getting Pacheco and McKinnon involved throughout the course of the game. Look at the Eagles who did not run the ball as much as they should have. And we know running the ball with Miles Sanders and Gainwell was a strength of theirs. I mean, yeah, I know you're saying we can't run the ball 34 times a game, 30, 40 times a game is what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. But I still think running the ball is – how you 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 kill the clock, how you keep your defense, you know, ready to go and keep them, you know, not from keep them from getting tired. I think that you could still give the ball to Derrick Henry 20, 25 times a game and have him still be productive. You want you want to try to help Derrick Henry out? There's a lot of running backs in this draft you can get in the later rounds, possibly the second or the third round. You have Tajay Smith, uh Tajay Spears out of uh, Tulane, and you have another uh guy, Kansas State running back, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn. Is 5'5", a Darren Sproles-type guy. He could do everything out of the backfield. He had 1,500 yards in um in last in last year's football season. So, I mean, there's a lot of help that you can do with him to take the wear and tear mm -hmm. off of him. Listen, so, I mean. Uh, he's a surreal talent. Um, yeah. he's, I'm, I'm going to love him forever. But, you know, the bottom line is that, like, he, he – 
you can get by with him. You can get by without a guy like that still in the NFL. There's all, all the listen. All, I'm sorry. Go down the line. All the elite teams in the NFL, they don't have superstar household name running backs. They don't. I'm sorry, they don't. It ha- listen. If you could have it all, that'd be great. But most teams don't have it all. They got to pick their poison. They want the elite quarterback. They want the elite wide receivers. They want the great defense, great all line. There's always got to be a whole miss in there. Absolutely. And you know, there's no way you're going to tell me that you can't find a guy that can give you 300 carries for 1,200 yards and can also catch the ball too, which is something that we don't have with this not guy. Not behind this line. Not behind this line. Yeah, but we're losing track. That's not what my point is here. We're talking about Derrick Henry and his importance in 2023. Listen, I love the guy. But at the end of the day, the end goal is to win a Super Bowl. I'm no longer putting players above this team. I've done it before, and it's never worked for me. I'm never doing it again. Folks, I mean, you got to look at the big picture. And if you can get a first-round pick to attempt to fill another hole of the many that you have, and in return, you got to get rid of a guy that's excellent. But another thing we haven't brought up, three straight playoff games, He's been he's been a no show. Obviously, he came back from injury this last one. But the other two, I mean, these elite teams are starting to put together packages in the playoffs that are slowing the guy down. And the in the rest of the season is a little bit different. You play a ton of different teams. They only got a week to prepare. Da, 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 da. But you know, it, no one likes to talk about this, but it's the reality of it. He had the New England game. He had the Baltimore game. They were memorable games. Nobody's ever going to forget them. After that, absolute no show. Okay, it's been four years since this guy's made a stance. Has made yeah, an impact on a playoff game. against him last year. That was his first game off a broken foot. I'm not. I understand. I, I'm not. And again, I already brought that up. But what about the other two? The other two is a no show. No show against Baltimore. No show in the AFC Championship. You know, no show in the AFC Championship. He was like our lone bright spot. He scored a touchdown in that game, and we we got he, away from him. Who's a no show in second? We got away from him because we fell behind instead of sticking. Mm. What was working for us at the time? Third quarter, we still let him. We still gave him a shot in the third quarter, and they shut him down, and it forced us to it forced us to pass. And Tannehill broke down like he does in every playoff game. Listen, I don't. This is, we're, we're getting into. Yeah, we can go know, on and on and on. For go me. on and on about this. I'm just saying what my stance is, and it's not to be. It's not trying to be controversial. It's, I don't want to get rid of him, and if it's for a third or later, absolutely fucking not. He's worth way, way more than that. But I'm sorry, a first or a second rounder, and it's and pairing that with, which is the most important part, it's going to make us be more of a throwing team and stop depending on a guy carrying the ball 35 times a game, then I'm all for it. And I'm sorry, fellas, you might think differently, but if Derrick Henry's on this team next year, I highly doubt he's still, he, I highly doubt he's not going to get 35 carries a game again, no matter who we pick up at free agency or in the draft. That's just my opinion. And we're, we, you know, we'll, we'll move on because we're, we're going on tangents here. But um, we'll see. Time will tell. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to offer that. So I don't see any reason why I should be off the team. But they need to still throw more. So that's that. Um, so we've been going like crazy. Um, I'll very briefly, because I just went on a full, full tangent. I opened up the show with a statement about how I think Ryan Tannehill, and I swear this is going to be quick, is not going to be the quarterback next year. The reason I think that is cut and dry. The cuts that we've made so far have already expanded farther than anything I expected already, especially if this Bud Dupree thing goes through. I really didn't think Woods was going to get – well, no, I did think Woods was going to get cut. Um, but the Lawan thing happening so quickly, the Woods thing happening right away, Dupree coming soon. Uh, I just don't think Carthon makes these moves with the intent of keeping the same guy at quarterback, which is the most important thing. Uh, so I think if he wants to make this his 
his football team, he's going to want to do it full circle. And, you know, with the exception of maybe Derrick Henry sticking around because he's a key focal point. Uh, But it looks like he wants production. And if you're not giving him production, then he wants to pick his own guy to give you production. And obviously there's plenty of stats that show, regardless of the surrounding talent, Tano's production hasn't been excellent. He he lost four games before getting hurt. Nobody wants to talk about that. Um, And uh, so we'll see how things shape up. But that's my main reason why I don't think he's going to be back next year based on what Carthon's done so far up to this point. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I know you disagree, but tell me why. No, I just, I just honestly think that he is going to be the um, the quarterback for next year. I think that they're, they're cutting both the breeze money and they, they're going to restructure. I think uh, Tannehill and Bayard uh, extend both of them, you know, get the money back in the back end of uh, the deals. And, um, they're just going to free up more money. I think they can free up uh, close to – I forgot what – I don't know. I don't want to say what they're what they're going to free up on Tannehill, but I know they can free up $10 million for Kevin Byard. I read an article on that. So that's money right there um, to help bring in other free agencies. But I really do – Tannehill's going to be the quarterback uh, in 2023. I mean, I, I could see him being the quarterback, but I don't know if he's going to be willing to take the pay cut. We think he might be – you know, we might think he might be willing to take because look at guys like Geno Smith who just got 35. Uh, look at Daniel Jones who just got 40. If I'm Ryan Tannehill and you're telling me I'm not worth $27 million and you want me to restructure, I might tell you to kick rocks because if Derek Carr and uh, uh, Geno Smith and Daniel Jones are getting over 30 to $40 million a year, Tannehill can say I'm easily worth that. You know, I've gone further in my career than any of these guys have. So I don't think he's going to be as willing as a lot of people think he is to take that pay cut. So I personally think I'm starting to lean in Sal's direction where I think we release him. We, we say we save what what would be what, 20-something million, uh, 27 million I think the number is. And I think we give uh, Rayan all the bullets he needs in his arsenal to go have fun in free agency and uh, go have fun in the draft because, you know, we let him go. I mean, we've let a plethora of players go if we restructure uh, Bayard and let go of – um, Bud Dupree and Tannehill, we're gonna have a shit ton of money to spend. So they, they also, could, yeah, they also guy. He we don't know yet. That's the beauty <sighs> of this thing. He might have a guy, whether it's Rickerson or Levi's or Stroud or Young or Parker. Definitely not him. But we could we he might have a guy that he wants to go get, and he might just be playing possum with these political generic answers he'd given about Tannehill's the. Quarterback of this team because we know if he was going to move him or release him, he's not going to say, "Yeah, guys, we're looking to trade him." Yeah, guys, we're well, looking well, to he could he could be dangling him still. I mean, you got you got Rogers still out there, you know, trying to sign a deal. So if he doesn't, he's signed. They might trade him to the Jets. Who knows? That's why yeah. they're still and hanging out to him. Listen, who knows? I just think that with what we've done so far in free agency and the fact that we have a new guy um, as our GM, he might want his guy. I think if we do keep him, it is as a bridge quarterback, and I see it in a scenario where we maybe go get our guy, just like the Chiefs did with Mahomes and kept Alex Smith for a year as a bridge, Um, maybe a situation like that. But if that's not the case, then I do not see us uh, keeping him or extending him. Yeah, one thing I would not do is I don't want – I wouldn't want him to be a bridge guy because I just – I've seen enough. There's no need – you know, I think a bridge guy would be would be uh, a fair idea if the bridge guy still gave you an opportunity 
to win in the playoffs. And I just don't see him giving us an opportunity, regardless of what kind of improvements the roster gets in the offseason. So I'd rather just throw the fucking kid in the fire if, if he, you know, if it's going to, here's the good thing with the exception of maybe Richard, if it's Stroud or Young, if we somehow pull that off, I mean, these kids are seasoned in pressure already because they play in the toughest conference of college football. So, um, you know, I, I don't think them struggling early on if we threw them in the fire would be that detrimental to them long term because of the fact that they've already been in extremely high pressure situations in college. So, you know, uh, that's the one thing I would not want. I, I wouldn't want Tannehill come just to waste another year. Just don't forget, no, the longer we wait, the longer the – I mean, the kid's going to have rust even if he sits two years, okay? He's not going to come in third, year three and start being Mahomes whether he has the talent or not. That's just not going to happen. So I'd rather get the ball rolling, throw him in there. If we go four and 13, great. Okay, we got to see him. Hopefully there's some highlights to show. And then we're going to have another top five pick to help add that. Whether that be his Jamar Chase or his, you know, next Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry's not around. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, I, the bridge the bridge concept, I, I would be really annoyed with because I'm just – I'm done with him. I'm done with 17. You guys know that. So just to clarify, Bryce, Bryce Young and um, C.J. Stroud didn't play Campbell in college. No, maybe on okay. NCAA football from EA Sports, but not in real life. So okay. um, I guess that's a positive thing. Uh, I hope you know. I really, I really hope Malik's watching this because, you know, I don't think his door is. I think there's a crack open. I think there's just a smidge, cr- and that's a, one last Wait, thing we'll bring open? up. Open. Yeah, amazing. There it is. He just shot. Uh, my my ideal situation would be getting the guy one or two or whatever pick it is, Stroud or Young, or Richardson, and keep him a leak. Having them have have them battle it out. Have them battle it out. You would assume that one of the this year's guy would win, but regardless, have them swap them out. Who gives a fuck? Have some fun. Just build a new brand of football, and then find who your guy's gonna be. And then move forward with him, but we'll see how it shapes up. We got a lot of time to figure these things out. But before we go, is there anything else you two want to bring up before we close shop for the night? No, it was nice to just have us uh, us three again. You know, without a guest, I, I missed yeah, the absolutely. three of us going back and forth. I know everyone else did too as well. So uh, no, it's uh, we'll see what happens. Fun times ahead with free agency, the draft absolutely. next. Month. We're waiting for that first domino to drop, and whether it's uh, Henry or Tannehill or free agency and getting a left tackle, I'm looking forward to it because, uh, if anything, it's going to be new and exciting. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I figure we'll bring this up now to all the generous guests that are that are still with us watching. Um, we're going to have a great, great uh, guest on next week. Um, Kayla Anderson is going to join us. Obviously, you know her from, uh, you know, covering the Titans. She's on Twitter all the time. Great content she puts out. So we'll be able to uh, chop things up with her, uh, pick her brain a little bit on some of the things she's might have seen, uh, obviously being much closer to the organization than we are. So definitely make sure to check that out. We'll give everyone updates on when that's going to be coming out as the week progresses. But um, as always, make sure you to like, subscribe. Uh, make sure you any, any podcast apps you're, you're on with us, make sure you subscribe. You see our Twitter handles there. And um, everything got pushed back because of the the issue we had tonight. But um, we're gonna get these we're gonna get these fans in. I promise you, absolutely. We might do a couple in one show to fill the void a little bit. But we're gonna get you involved, and we want to shoot the shit with you as well. So, uh, hope everyone has a great night. And as always, tighten up. Sammy, send me out.
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Talking Titans on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.